Welcome to Meraki Mentors, a podcast featuring women who create. We interview creatives from every field and around the globe to discuss art, risk-taking, and what it means to live a creative life. Here's your host, Candace Howes. All right, welcome back to Meraki Mentors. I am very excited and thrilled to present our guest today. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit to Michelle Mira, who is a talented and fantastic artist, um, visual artist to be exact. Um, And I'm going to give her the floor for a quick second to um, share with you all exactly what she does as a painter and um, how she got started. So first of all, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Candace. I'm really thrilled to be here. Um, And uh, I feel very lucky to do what I do, which is I consider myself a spirited colorist. And I had to think hard about that because color is what really excites me. And uh, I like to end up with a piece that has feeling and that other people find exciting. So, mm-hmm. um, so about, well, you asked, um, you asked me to tell you sort of what I do, but how I got there, I think is probably what I want to talk about first. And that is, I've always loved art. Art has been in my life since as far back as I can remember. But unfortunately, I didn't always give it the time that it needed. And I think what happens is when we're, when we're little and when we're young, we kind of know intuitively what's right for us, what's right for our soul, and what, what excites us. And um, so I was, I was in art lessons in elementary school, every Saturday, my mom took me to private art lessons. And through high school, I took art. And then I decided that I needed to grow up mm-hmm. and, and be serious. Well, that, the art part was always in my background. I did get... I, you know, I got jobs. I worked in business. I thought I was going to be a CPA. That didn't work for me. I actually was uh, a mortgage lender for a while, but I always wanted to do something more creative. So I dabbled while I paid bills, while I did other things, um, art was in the background, but it always kind of surfaced. And in 2008, my husband and I moved to Florida and I said, I'm going to finally do some things for me. I painted in oils and I painted in realism. And I did that for about five years. And I was not happy. I thought that would be the thing for me, but something was missing. And I happened to take an abstract workshop, a four-day workshop, and it absolutely blew me out of the water. It changed my life. And so that really didn't get me to where I am today, except for something major. And that was four years of chronic Lyme. 
I was in extreme pain for in and out of those four years where I could not, the, the, the fog, the mind fog, I could not think straight. I couldn't do anything. My energy level was almost to the lowest it could be. And mm-hmm. I got through that. And once I got through that, when I was near the end, and that was only last summer, I told myself every day when I got stronger that I would spend the rest of my living days painting. So two years ago, I I formed an LLC, and I haven't looked back. And I also have a clean bill of health, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> so I fought the line. That was a four-year battle. So um, I feel very lucky that now I can focus on my art and I have the energy to do it. Absolutely. And I think that you said so many things um, there that stand out to me. And one is the idea of feeling like we have to kind of grow up or do something different as we become adults from our artistic pursuits when we were younger. Um I think that so many people feel, you know, the pressure that art maybe isn't something that is, depending on the backgrounds we've come from, maybe serious or, you know, reputable or something that we can keep pursuing at a certain point. But I think it's such, it's such an important thing to remember that we don't have to stop or find something else to do, um, you know, just because society may make it seem that this is, you know, only something that we should dabble in on the side. Yeah, I I thought about that a lot. Why did I choose one path over the other? And I have to say that fear was the biggest reason. Mm. I had lots of fear as to whether I was good enough. And I have to tell you, Instagram changed that. When I put my first post out there, and I've posted once a day for over two years. And first of all, that gives me, that kind of drives me to keep producing. So I post once a day. And when I did it that first time two years ago, I was shaking in my boots. You know, and then I got, I said, 10 people liked my my painting. (laughs) And you know, then it just grew from there. And I have to say, Instagram has opened up a lot of doors for me. I've gotten curators, I've gotten galleries, I've gotten buyers. I have a lot of people that love my work. And I also encourage other artists too. I, you know, I think it's important that you give back and also be very thankful to everyone that has, that likes your work. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it's my only social media that I really do. I, another artist had to push me to do it. And so if there's one bit of advice to other artists out there is take that leap and find the social media that works for you. This one does because it seemed I could get my arms around it. I could photo. It's not that hard. Yeah. You know, and I and I went online and I looked up ways to build a brand. And I'm still taking Instagram classes. I'm doing one in Delray uh, right now. So I think there's always room for improvement. 
Absolutely. Would you say that um, being so consistent with your posts and constantly, you know, like you said, putting yourself out there with your artwork is kind of what allowed you to find that kind of success through Instagram? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I didn't do everything right. And I still don't do everything right. You know, I'm learning that you're supposed to do these um, plans, you know, nine days of photos. And I was like, wait, I've never done that. I just kind of, I paint and I, I show what I'm doing and I show my process. I am learning to do videos. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not that great, but they're videos, so they do kind of. Sh- I, I realize that people like to see, you know, see the process. Exactly, sharing that story because one of the things about art, on top of just viewing it, is that connection that we have to the story behind it, the connection to the artist. So I think it's so important and vital that we kind of create um, a narrative that's very holistic and shares everything in front and behind the scenes, so people kind of have more of a a genuine appreciation for what we're doing. Right. When they see that, I think sometimes there's the, some people think that abstract's easy and it should look easy. If I've done my job, it should look easy. But there are many times that paintings do not come together. And there's many layers. There's, it's built upon layers. So, and that makes it sort of more complex, but more interesting. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to fail. That's huge. Don't be afraid to fail. Uh, you need to paint a lot of ugly paintings. And I've done a gazillion ugly paintings. The great thing about acrylics is you can paint right over it. When I was doing oils, you have to be careful because they start cracking. But with acrylics, uh, many times I put a painting to the side. And a year later, I, have, I see it in a brand new way. And all of a sudden it comes together. And the other thing I say is sometimes paintings paint themselves and sometimes they're just people. They just, for whatever reason, you can't take it personally, put it aside and work on something else. It's not unusual for me to be working on four or five pieces at a time. How does that, how is that for you? Is it kind of like different ideas that are coming in your head or is it more so kind of being able to get away from something and work on something else so you can come back with fresh eyes? It's, it's really that. It's, it's the fact, if, if I'm working too intently on a piece, I've lost the ability to be fresh with it. Mm-hmm. So it's important that I step back, I let it dry. Sometimes I can look at it the next day. Sometimes I just, it's just not coming together. So, and that's, that's allowing yourself the freedom and not always have something completed. Just uh, about two weeks ago, I was in a workshop in Naples, and Naples, Florida, by the way, not Italy, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, So I was in a workshop, and nothing was coming together that whole week, not one. Mm -hmm. I think I was working on four or five, and, and other people would have said they were done, but they weren't done to me. So I took them home, and the next week, two of those five are now done and I love them. But it took that struggle and it took painting. It takes painting every day mm-hmm. to, to allow yourself to do that, to allow yourself 
to walk away, to not make it personal and not, and not be too tough on myself. Definitely. I would say that's one thing. And even personally, I'm more of an, an artist from the literary sense of writing. And I think sometimes that is one of the hardest things as artists, because we have visions and we have goals and it can be really difficult for some of us more than others to not be too hard on ourselves or too judgmental as we're creating something and it's not completely coming together the way we envisioned. Um, what has kind of been your process in terms of creating, working on a painting, seeing that it's not totally what you wanted it to be and being able to kind of let that happen and, and learn from it? Well, I think it's important that you, that you paint every day. Some days, it's very rare, but some days I, I just don't, I can't paint. I'll, I'll get there the next day. But if sometimes if you don't get in that studio and paint, then the fear creeps in again mm -hmm. or the self-doubt. And so you have to just do it. And sometimes it's only an hour. Sometimes I'll say I'm too tired or I just don't really have the time, but I still go in there and I paint. And I think that's the key. And again, just giving yourself some freedom to fail. And I don't call them failures. I just call them, I just say I'm not there yet. I say that every time when I walk away, I said, I'm just not there yet or I'm getting closer. And, and I think the other thing too is to surround yourself with people that get what you do and are supportive mm -hmm. you know that's really key because I mean we're constantly building ourselves up we have to our internal conversation that it's important that you also have sort of a tribe and I I'm lucky I have that here in Delray I have the town supports the arts I have a gazillion friends that are artists and we all support each other and um, and then you just keep doing the work. Absolutely. Constant, constant practice is always key. And I know I wanted to ask you a little bit about what does your creative space kind of look like? Do you work in kind of a designated space? Do you kind of work in different areas? What When you go to create a new painting, what is that ideal um, environment look like for you? Well, the ideal environment and what I have are two different things, <laughs> but I do have a place that I get to leave my mess out and it stays out. You know, I used to, mm -hmm. in a previous house, it was in a garage and it was a garage where my car actually went. So everything had to be put away. I'd pull mm -hmm. my car out. I'd kind of open the garage door and then I'd start painting. Um, here I'm in a garage space as well, but it's a, it's a larger space. And so everything, gotcha. everything just stays out. I have a very, I have a very big space. I don't have natural light. I wish I did, but I have a lot of light, a lot of, uh, you know, good light, but it's not the natural light, which can be overrated. If it, the light's coming in too strong and here in Florida, we can have very bright light. It's hard to see your painting. So I have, you know, daylight type lights on the places that I, I need them. I have a, 
I have a wall I can paint on and I also have a big easel and then I have a couple big tables. So it's not unusual for a uh, unstretched canvas to go on the wall than to go on a big table or, or then go on the floor. And I'll paint all different places, you know, on all those different locations with that one painting in one session. Now on canvas, a stretched canvas is a lot easier. It's already got a frame and that might work around as well. That might go on a table or the floor or on the easel. But as far as, you know, I, a thing that I could, you know, stress to people, if you can carve out any little space that you can leave your stuff out. So when you have just an hour, everything's out and ready for you. Mm -hmm. That would be ideal. What would be your, um, your kind of point of advice or even just your own experience of, um, of selling your work once you got to this point of, you know, painting more full time? Was it solely things that were happening from your social media? Or did you kind of make a point to go out and try to show work and say, hey, this is what I've done? What was that um, journey like for you? Well, I'm still in the middle of that. And I think I always will be because I, you know, I keep going to the next, I, I want to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's about asking other artists how they suggest that you pursue, you know, I want, you, you can do your, you can run your business strictly through Instagram. And I know a lot of artists that do. I've chosen to go through galleries because I, I don't really want to do that part. I will, and I have. So I'm working with a couple galleries. I have one here in Delray, and then I have one in Greenwich, Connecticut, actually Old Greenwich. And then I'm talking to a couple galleries right now that um, have found me on Instagram, or I've, or I've met them and talked mm -hmm. to them. It's developing relationships. It's getting to know the gallerists and and then just keep doing your work. And, you know, my work from a year ago versus the work now is night and day. A work from five years ago is night and day. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I knew that two years ago when I started my LLC that I wasn't getting to get into the good galleries right away, but it was a matter, it was just a matter of time. And it's just believing in yourself. But as far as uh, a bit of advice is don't go into galleries and start showing your work. I've worked in galleries and people have done that to me. And mm -hmm. that is not the way to do it. You can introduce yourself via the emails or just get to know the gallerists. And, and if they're interested, they'll let you know. They'll ask for your, for your um, for photos. And so that, so another bit of advice is be prepared, get your website going, because I wondered why would I need a website? People don't buy off websites, but it shows that you're professional and it shows that you really want the business. And so get a website, get your artist statement together, get your CV together. And I had a very, I had a gallerist tell me this, and I didn't realize this until um, about a year ago. She said, put 
every little show on your CV. Don't and don't be embarrassed to do every single type of show you can get into. Get into everything you can get into. And so I've done a lot of student shows. I've done, mm-hmm. a, um, and I just keep doing them until, you know, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't know if that's going to ever end. <laughs> I find every opportunity I can. I was at a show in Coral Springs Museum of Art not too long ago, and I saw they had a call to artists. And uh, I was there to support uh, one of my teachers here in Delray, and she had a solo show there. It was beautiful. And um, on my way out, I saw they have a call to artists. I applied and I got in. So I got into a museum show. So you do that. You find out if you are lucky enough to live near an art museum, see if they ever have a call to artists. That's always good to get juried into a show, to a museum. And, and keep, always learn. If I'm, someone asked me not too long ago, why am I taking a workshop? They said, because I'm always learning. I'm always learning. There's, I don't, I don't, hopefully I'll never feel like I've learned everything <laughs> that I can keep learning. Seeing that you have really kind of found um, your stride, so to speak, in abstract art, do you have moments where you still kind of get inspired by something, you know, realistic, or do you kind of feel that this is where you're kind of most inspired and most comfortable with creating? Well, I'm always on the lookout for what are the trends. And so I'll go, I'll look through a J. Crew catalog. You know, the colors mm-hmm. are great. Or a home decorating magazine. So that gives me an idea where, where are the colors going? And are the colors that I like? And mm-hmm. so, um, and then just out and about looking and in, going into department stores or going, I go to a lot of art museums, you know, so that is an inspiration in itself. So, and then here in South Florida, we have Art Basel. I go to everything that I can go to during season for Art Basel. So all those are inspirations. And I like that um, idea because even though, yes, creating is very singular, it's really important that you're constantly staying connected, which I think is something that you've done so well from, like you said, whether you're going to events or participating in workshops, you're constantly kind of staying involved and abreast of things that are happening even outside of your own circle or your own community. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, because I think talking to other artists, you find maybe there's a new, I don't know, a new um, medium. Mm -hmm. You have uh, different types of paint that can change the the property of the paint and that's called a medium so uh you can make it look like an oil it can make it dry slowly Uh, i just found out that there's this absorbent ground that you can put that on the canvas or you can put it on other substrates where it makes it seem like it's watercolor so you can take the acrylic and it, and it, it absorbs like it's watercolor so you can do some cool things with these different mediums and um, so I'm, I'm constantly exploring that and talking to other artists about that you know when I think about 
artists at all different levels, you know, what will help them down the road. And I think I've covered a few of them, and that is don't be afraid to fail. You've got to paint a lot of paintings. You've got to paint a lot of ugly paintings because they're not always going to come out the way you want them to. But another thing that's helped me a lot is luck favors the prepared. Be prepared. Be ready as if you're already there because when the opportunity comes along, you'll be ready. Definitely. I think those are very, very true words of wisdom uh, to live by is to always be prepared and always practicing your art, which I think is a great note to um, to semi-end on and actually kind of leads us into our, our lightning round section in a, on a pretty good note. What is a song that's kind of been stuck in your head lately? Well, <laughs> I just got done watching... Um, Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody mm. is definitely in my mind. <laughs> it is a fantastic film. <laughs> All right. And number two is what is the last um, book that you've read or maybe that you've been looking forward to reading? Well, I've been, you know, this is the kind of stuff you find on Instagram. And I've been reading nine. Street Women, and it's only 900 pages, <laughs> and I'm not, not all the way through it, but, you know, it's it's the women that inspired me. You have Lee Krasner, Elaine de Kooning, Grace Hartigan, Joan Mitchell, love Joan Mitchell, Helen Frankenthaler, you know, all these women were during a movement of uh, an incredible abstract expressionist movement, so that's, I highly recommend it, it's just be prepared to take it a while to get through it. But, um, and I've gone through many books on um, artists over the years. I love reading about their lives and, you know, what they went through to uh, really pursue their, their art. That sounds really interesting. I, I'll definitely add that too. I appreciate quick reads are, are great, but I appreciate um, even longer stories as well that kind of, take you a little bit longer because it's nice to always kind of come back and and handle it in little tiny steps at a time all right and last but not least um which you have kind of alluded to a little bit but you might have a few more um in your arsenal um but what is kind of a favorite words of wisdom or quote um that you kind of live by or kind of go back to whenever you're at a crossroads in your career? Well, I would say be true to yourself. Mm. That is key. And I had a little voice in my head for years saying, you need to do something more creative. You need to do something more creative. And, you know, it took many years to get to this. But, you know, I used to be kind of upset that I didn't take the road that was art school um, or graphic artist, be, become a graphic artist uh, back when. And I, I have a good friend who's an artist, a very accomplished artist. And she goes, no, don't look at it that way. All the things that you've done all your life to get to this are helping you today. 
that is a fantastic um, thing to kind of remember and put on your board and, and keep with you. Um, and um, where can we follow you? Obviously, we've mentioned um, Instagram. I know you have a website as well. Where can we um, see some of your work? Yes, you can find me on my website, michellemarastudio.com. And uh, Michelle is with two E's, two L's. Mara is with two A's, two R's. Uh, and Michelle Mara Studio is where you can find me on Instagram. Thank you so much, Michelle, for taking this time with us today and just sharing so much inspiration and encouragement for all of us here. We truly, truly appreciate it. Well, thank you, Candice. It's, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for spending your time with Meraki Mentors. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your friends on social media and your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meraki Mentors Podcast for exclusive information on how you could be a part of our next episode or blog post. You've been listening to Meraki Mentors Podcast with Candace Howes. We're honored you chose to spend your time with us today. To learn more about today's guest or the podcast, visit MerakiMentorsPodcast.com. Don't forget to create and connect.